you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome everybody, it's the Fearless Business Podcast and we are recording live into the Coaching Consultant Handbook Group. I've got two, not just one, but two amazing guests with me today. It is husband and wife team, Kerry and Adam Anderson. And I love the fact that um, Kerry uh, describes herself as the chief family officer um, and the company is called The Whole Life entrepreneurship. Um, I've dropped a link into the, um, to the Facebook live, so you can go and check out their page, but welcome to the podcast, Adam and Kerry. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So excited to be here. Absolutely. And do you know what? Um, a lot of our listeners, a lot of the people who kind of check in, check out the podcast, check in and check out the podcast, mm-hmm. um, are into entrepreneurship. They're coaching consultants. Uh, they, a lot of them though, are, have families. So, um, this is something which you guys are experts in. So before we dive into that, though, um, I kind of want to get to know a little bit about your background. You've got some some interesting stuff going on and in terms of how whole life entrepreneurship kind of got set up in the first place. So give us a bit of a potted history of how, how the whole thing got started. Yeah, so I have been doing entrepreneurship for 15 plus years, Uh, 21 companies in that 15 years, Uh, 15 of them have turned into giant failures. I call that my (laughs) nonprofit work. Um, (laughs) I've had, we've got one successful exit and we have five companies that are currently under professional management with whole life entrepreneurship being one of them. And in the process of all that, uh, our businesses almost destroyed our marriage. Yep. It was, um, trying, uh, very stressful to be starting so many businesses over the years. I wasn't actually involved in the beginning. Um, I was a nurse by trade. I was a pediatric nurse and, uh, Adam started doing business through, he was as a cybersecurity business. And so it was international. And so he would have to travel a lot. And at the time I had young kids like yourself and uh, many of the other listeners. And so I was kind of what I called the home base parent. And basically what that meant was that we had several, several years where Adam kind of parented via FaceTime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have a ton of time together. And uh, when he would be in town, even that would make it so that we weren't always the priority. And so it was like the business was the sun and we all orbited around it. Um, we had how, some... How yeah. frustrated, how frustrated. Because I, I can imagine like my wife and I have a similar sort of relationship and um, I've kind of relocated the business to home so that I can be here. And it was a very big decision for me. So we're going to come back to you, Adam, in a second. I'm going to focus on Kerry for a second. Here. That's fair. That's Terry, basically uh, like, our life. <laughs> how, could you, that must've been incredibly frustrating and you've got kids who need, need both parents and you're there kind of running the show, so to speak at home. That must've been tough. Um, tough is a, is certainly what it was, but also, um, it was 
awful. I mean, it was genuinely awful. Like it was not what I thought I'd signed up for when I married this guy. I, he did not have a business when we met. Um, I didn't realize that this was what we were going to be doing. I didn't understand that my life was going to be facilitating his business and his ability to go and conduct business. And I, after years and years of doing it, I was very, very unhappy. So tough is one thing. Unhappy is a whole other thing. It got to the point where there were times when you would come home and I would be like, if you just sent checks, I really wouldn't even need you. I mean, we were that far apart. It was really ugly. We went through several, several ugly years where we tried and tried to get on the same page and we could not. It was like we were speaking different languages. And honestly, we really were because there was so much about his world that I didn't understand. Then as time went on and we started to see a little bit of success, we started realizing how it wasn't just, it wasn't just my time and my energy and my effort that was tied to the business. I was also taking some financial risks with him. I was assuming some financial responsibility, but I had no idea what was going on. Now, to be fair, I also completely had my head in the sand because I was over here like covered in baby puke or whatever and just surviving uh, as a single parent, you know, a a lot of the time. Um, And so when we started to have issues in the business, it became very much an opportunity for me to blame him for everything that went wrong for, you know, he was supposed to be out there protecting us and providing for us. And, um, it really came to light how resentful, how angry I'd really become. Um, after a while I even quit working and was pretty much a stay at home mom to be able to do all of these things. And as that anger and resentment built up, it became much more of a critical situation. And so we, we went through counseling. We, we had to go several times. We've gone through several bouts of marriage and family counseling to try to get to a more healthy place. But one day I just woke up and I was like, you know, I, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried to get him to understand me, but maybe what's happening here is that I don't fully understand him and I wouldn't really change anything about him. So how can I meet him where he is? Um, And I said, okay, well, let's put that on the back burner for now. What I'm going to do in the meantime is I don't really like this anger, bitter angry, bitter person that I've turned into, I'm going to go get myself healthy. And so that's kind of where all of this started to turn around. I was like, all right, this is not the kind of person I want to be. This is not the kind of marriage I want. This is not the kind of life I want. I'm going to go change me. And then I'll see maybe if there's some way for us to get on the same page with business and life and relationships and see if there was anything we could do to salvage it. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's a bit like um, what you've described there is like actually the journey of an entrepreneur when they start to realize that there's this amazing journey of um, self-development, personal development that you've got to go through in order to start to kind of break through. Like, because entrepreneurship, you've just got to have masses of determination. And it sounds like you've both got it in spades. And Adam, I'm going to give you the opportunity now to come back (laughs) at at Kerry, because I can imagine, um, forget the business side of things now, because it sounds like you've had an incredibly 
successful, like if you average it out, very successful, like business life. But I bet as a dad, it was also quite hard to be spending time away from your family, knowing that you're also putting pressure on Kerry from that respect and, and not getting the opportunity to spend the time. Maybe you want to actually spend time with your kids. Oh yeah. Being a dad uh, was always a goal. I, I my, my hero is my father. And if I could be half the man that he is, then I would count myself as winning. And the thing that I really, really respect about him is how well he dadded. And so I want to be a great dad. And, you know, I began to equate the amount of money I brought home being the value of my being a husband and being a father and being in their lives. But when your son starts calling you Adam and not dad, uh, when well, he's two years old, because you've been, you know, sitting in bars. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the, this is in my, in my brain, I'm in New York, I'm doing a sales gig. This is a true the, story. I, this I, is I one of my favorite stories. And, she's had a hard day and I want to be present, but I'm, you know, I'm on the road. So I FaceTime with my kids and I parent them while I'm at a bar. So I've got my whiskey in one hand, I've got my phone in the other. And I'm like, You're like doing math homework. Yeah. I'm helping, <laughs> right? and I'm helping my kids from the bar and, and I feel horrible about it. But then as soon as I hang up, the bartender's like, Oh, that you're just such a good dad. And here's the trap. As I was, fe I, I knew the truth, but one of the problems that entrepreneurs have is we are surrounded by people who are really impressed with us. And I had a lot of people building me up and saying all these great things. And so I've got addicted to the business life and the accolades and all these people telling me how wonderful I was rather than looking at the home life where I was an abject failure. I was absolutely just not showing up and, and, so watching Carrie go get healthy really, really, really inspired me to say, okay, you know what? I have to look at me too, because I'm leveling up in business, but that's it. And I had an epiphany that being super successful in something you don't care about is the ultimate definition of failure. And I was heading for failure. hundred percent. And I bet whilst you're going on that journey as well, like the, the one person you wanted approval from the most is sat right next to you. Yeah. And it makes, and it makes it so much easier. I mean, obviously that's a, a long journey and I, hopefully we can dig into it a little bit, but um, like what, what was the kind of the, the real turning point for you? Where was the point where it was, and I hope you don't mind going here maybe, but I think some people will kind of relate to this, but what was the, like the turning point where you're like, things are just, no, this is shit. We just can't let this carry on. Um, I know that my moment had, so I turned to a lot of self-destructive behavior. Alcohol was very, um, alcohol and going out with the excuse of doing sales and all this stuff and staying out real late. And eventually it just got to the point where it wasn't safe anymore. Uh, I, I woke up and I was like, I am slowly killing myself and I'm a risk to other people. And this is just not sustainable and we have to change. And I got lucky. I got lucky that I didn't have to hit rock bottom. I was able to look at this and be real honest with myself that, um, it was when I sold my company. I sold my company and my identity disappeared. And because I was the successful CEO that everyone loved and gave accolades to. And now I'm a dude who has a bank account full of money and does day drinking. And that is not cool. It does not give you any kind of purpose. And so when I realized that I was building a toxic life, 
it was, it was very freeing. Now it was also terrifying because that means I had to do something about it. But Carrie has a saying, she, she said, when she discovered she was her problem, that means she was her solution. And seeing her demonstrate moving from victimhood to hero gave me the, the, uh, the proof that it could be done. And so that's where I head with it. I also think that there was a time when you decided before he sold his company where you said, you know what, I do want to sort of intentionally construct a life that allows me to be home more. And so he fired himself and hired someone to kind of run the company. And he was more of a, a background player so that he could pursue other interests, but also be at home and get that company healthy enough so that he could sell it so that he could be at home. And then when he sold it and he was at home, he was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and so <laughs> I hate it, he was like, she's yeah. right. These people are crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I think you did, you kind of had to rewrite a little bit of, of your, what story you were telling yourself about exactly what success is. Because I think that that's a common problem. And we see it, we see it a lot with the yep. entrepreneurs that we work with. Um, the metrics by which they measure success are a little skewed because society tells us success is money. Success is everybody telling you you're doing good. Success mm-hmm. is the internet telling you you're doing well. Um, and to, to have so much of your identity be so heavily dependent on that uh, is dangerous. It's dangerous and, and, and it's not holistic. That's not all there is to life. So what, what, um, define, what would you say is, is a good definition of success then? How would you redefine that? Ooh, so <laughs> we, we believe, uh, living a life without regrets and to that regret has to take into account the three things that you really are important to you, which is, uh, yourself, the people you care about and the things that you do. And for entrepreneurship, it is yourself, your relationships and your business. Mm -hmm. And so it is completely okay to still be wildly excited and in love with your business. It is not okay to have that be the only thing. It's the three-legged stool analogy. If you only work on your business, you don't have a full life. So uh, my father dealt with uh, death and dying psychological warfare and combat stress in the Air Force. And he was lucky enough to hold the hands of over 400 people as they died. And he said there were only two kinds of people, people who died with regrets and people who died without regrets and came up with a methodology. Um, This is about 40 years ago. Gosh, man, that kid's old. Anyway, (laughs) so the uh, we have taken some of the stuff that he has learned And we've applied it to entrepreneurial marriages. We take combat and medical and apply it to entrepreneurs because people are people are people. I don't care what you do. The idea of living a successful life is a life without regrets and having a holistic view of your journey while you're doing this is key. There's a certain level of acceptance as as well. And um, it's maybe taking a bit of a a step back as well, but there are going to be entrepreneurs out there who are starting to kind of go, well, actually... (coughs) excuse me, now you've looked at the, the three-legged stool, you, the relationships with other people, your business, and they're thinking, hmm, I've got one out of three or I've got two out of three. And they're, they're going to start to see this slippery slope of 
failure potentially in front of them. So what, what would be some kind of, um, what are kind of like the highlighting, the highlight reel, you know, not necessarily for you guys, but in the clients that you work with, which kind of demonstrate like, you know, how do you spot when failure is about to happen? Cause it's once it happens, it's happened. <laughs> you mentioned 14 businesses, they've gone, it's in the past. Yeah. What's going to be more helpful is we, if we can help people to identify when they're kind of on the, the down slope. I would say doing regular check-ins on yourself. I'm doing some heart checks and, you know, we say, all right, let's look at where you are with business, with relationships and with yourself and give a quick, quick heart check, red, yellow, green. Where are you on any of these areas? If you're green all across the board, go find somebody to mentor. Um, that means that there's somebody out there that could really learn something from you. But if you are red or yellow in any of those three areas for longer, and I'm not just saying like a really stressful month where you're waiting for some customers to pay or you're, you know, not, not like that, but if for extended periods of time, if you're really feeling strongly that you're overly isolated from other people, that you're feeling tons of stress, that you're feeling tons of fear and you're living that out and it's taking its toll on your, your family and on your own personal health, then it is time to take action. But if we don't take the time to regularly check in, we don't know. So I think if I had to say, the number one thing that I would love for people to start doing is you know, every two, every three months, just stopping and taking stock. Am I actually doing what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing in this world? Am I taking care of myself? Am I kind to the people in my life? Am I having an impact on the world in the way that I want to? Am I in a community that I can contribute to and draw from uh, and, and that is the very best way to, to, to know how to move forward. I will add one thing to that is we as human beings are absolutely horrible at self-assessment. <laughs> so feel free do exactly what Carrie says, because that is something you have to, to start. But then uh, give the same assessment to your spouse and then say, how do you feel like I'm doing? And ask the opinion of the people who, if I am green with relationships, really, go ask them. Yeah, in yeah. fact, we have, we, have, we have an assessment that's built out that um, is talking about where you fall in these little categories with your partner. Like, I do such a great job fulfilling my partner's needs. I, I totally understand what they, not, what they want and what they need out of this world and what they need from me as a partner. I'm always a 10 until I read his results for me and he, whether or not he's feeling fulfilled and I'm only like a six or a seven. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. So we call this start a fight assessment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> that, we should call it a start a fight assessment. So I actually, uh, one of a, one of my CEOs, he, um, is a, just an amazing human being, 35 year old, young kids. Great guy. Um, his wife is fantastic. They haven't had a fight in six months. 
And they took what we call our three C's assessments. How do you chill? How do you communicate? How do you uh, uh, build community? And they had the largest fight they've had in a year after they'd spent 15 minutes sharing the results with each other because it finally gave her permission to voice the thing that she has been holding back because she has been holding it back because she can't rock the boat. When you give your spouse, whether they're the entrepreneur or otherwise, when you give someone permission to be honest with you and to be vulnerable, hold on. It's coming and it's good. You have to go through it. You have to go through it. And that's why I like the idea of these quarterly check-ins because if we don't hold ourselves accountable to to those kinds of restrictions. I mean, we, we would just continue to go on status quo for forever and just deal with the pain that comes along well, with it until the breaking point, until we, until something implodes. So that's why I really, really believe that taking stock regularly, putting it on your calendar, however you want to do it. We have a very structured way that we do it. Um, but however people want to do, I think it's super, super important to, to do a heart check and see see where you fall. Can I share something with you? Absolutely. I got a bit of an insight which I think I think uh, might resonate with a lot of people, and I think it's one of those things that when you're when when you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, and I think um, I think you'll both get this, but it's kind of like you're building a dream. It's one of those things where you step out of gainful employment and setting up your own business. You're no longer building somebody else's dream. You're now building your own dream, and there's a danger when you do those check ins that it's not going to, where you're at, isn't going to match up with your dream and it's going to break it potentially. And there's this danger then that when you go through that reassessment that you might have to start saying, oh, actually I'm going to have to change my goal or I'm going to have to change my dream or is it too big? You know, I'm going to have to rein it back in or am I just going to have to stop it altogether? And I think most, you know, my business is called Fearless Business. I think most people are just afraid of that. What if it has to end? Because we love that journey of entrepreneurship. What really changed it for me is a very a great book. It's called The Ice Cream Factory. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever come across that. that. I think it's The Ice Cream Factory. I think it's called. And it's it's told as a story about this guy who goes out and gets some coaching. Uh, he he tried to sell ice cream into this business. I think it's made up called um, Natural Foods or something. And they turned it down. And then he wanted to understand why. And the guy who we would, I'm a, like you, I'm a big fan of getting, you know, you have to get coaches, you have to have mentors. Um, so he gets some mentoring and the mentor says, you, you need to stop being so interested in yourself. When you're around other people, um, you know, you should only ever worry, like care about what the other people are up to, what their dreams, hopes and everything are, because that's how you understand what their values are and how you deliver more value on top of that. When you're on your own, think about yourself. It's cool. You have tons of permission. You have tons of time on your own. Like think about yourself. And I was like, ah, oh, it's a, it's a, but it takes time to practice. You've got to learn how to do that. But it was a, to, it's a total game changer when you get it right. Isn't that interesting when just knowing that it exists probably ups your game immediately. And it takes a lifetime to get perfect at it. But that little bit of wisdom right there that you shared where it is being obsessed with the person in front of you to the point where you understand their hopes, their fears, their dreams, and what's going on gives you the ability to communicate effectively with them. And that in itself enables you to realize your dream in the long run. But also to be able to make room, I think, especially when you are in part of a couple, one of the things that we have found with the folks that we work with, the couples that we work with is that they are misaligned 
misaligned, disaligned on where they're going. Um, I I don't know if you heard me say earlier, I had not signed up for this. I would not have considered myself an entrepreneur. I felt like I had just kind of attached my little red wagon to this guy and he was going to drag me all over the world, whether I wanted to be or not. And I, I had no flexibility in there to have my own dream. And so there was a little bit of a gap, a little bit of a stop gap that we were like not going and we were going like this. And so when we're coaching couples to align their goals, we're saying, let's stop. You have a business goal and you want that to, to be able to blend with the goal of the person that you have attached your world to. So how can you make room for both of these things and everybody get a little bit of what they want? Because you can really either help each other or you can hold each other back. And so once we have this five-year, 10-year plan, we can reverse engineer back to the smallest thing to say, okay, well, if where we're lacking in our red, yellow, green is relational, how can we build that in And then check in again in three months and see, well, were we able to kind of fill in some of that and move our, our, our test up a little bit and, and improve in those areas. Cool. Then we can keep going. If not, let's change the plan a little bit so that we're back aligned to, to be able to go towards the, the same goal together. That's it. And I, I, the, the, I think one of the key things is you have to have quite an, you have to create the right environment to have those sorts of conversations, don't you? So I'm interested to know about the three C's because I think that's kind of linked to, linked to it. So talk to me about chill, communication and community. So chill is all about um, learning how to fill yourself back up again. What happens is if you're the chief family officer at home covered in puke, and you're doing the line, you're empty. And what happened, and if you're the entrepreneur that you're absolutely focused on building a company or you're living life, what happens is we get so focused on what we do, we forget how to charge ourselves back up again. And resentment and anger and pain begin to show up when you're not meeting your own needs. And so the very first thing we do is chill and chill is learning how to fill yourself back up rediscovering what brings you joy, what brings you happiness, and then bringing those things to each other and finding out where there's overlap so that you can learn how to chill together. I also think that that's an important point though for entrepreneurs as well, because many of the entrepreneurs that we, that we work with have given themselves a job and are no longer really 100% happy with where their business has gone. And so they feel like they're so off target. And then everybody's just on this hamster wheel trying to go to some unrealistic thing. So I think it's a great, that that chill exercise is a great check-in for entrepreneurs too. Like, are you actually living out your purpose? Yep. Are you actually living your life the way you intentionally, the way you want to, are you living out your life's major themes? Yeah. So we, we built a robust methodology around each one of these that we are not going to get into. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, chill, by the time you're done with chill, you're able to look at each other and know what fills each other up and knows what really, and how to nurture each other. Um, it's that what you just said, Hey, what are your dreams? What are you trying to become? And then we move on to communication, which is how do you communicate 
what you just found, because we believe the number one thing that causes toxicity and strife inside of a relationship is the unspoken expectation that is never met. You know, it's, it's, how do I know what you're trying to do? Like, if you're trying to go out and prospect, but your wife is busy and you're at home and you need to go, but you expected to have free time, but you never communicated it. You have no right to be mad at her, but you do have resentment. And so communication is all about how do you build a shared vision, value, and goals? How do you deal with conflict? And then how do you meet regularly? We suggest at least once a week to have a 15 minute family business meeting stand up. And then the last is community and community is how do you build a support structure around your life? Not your whole life, not just your business that enables you to continue to be wildly focused on the first two. And how do you get filled back up by other people walking the same journey? Uh, the, the fact that you've started such an amazing community is Mm -hmm. a godsend lifesaver to the folks who are in it. Right. But I mean, the, the other thing that we find is that the spouses of entrepreneurs don't have that community. There are many of those people who are not involved in the business at all that you can't just put in like a Facebook search. So yeah, uh, not on LinkedIn. You cannot yeah, find you can't find it. So, <laughs> doesn't work though. We've tried. <laughs> it's always the way though, isn't it? It's like, you know, the, the, the one, who, the, the one who's in the business, like mm-hmm. just hangs out with the business people. And the one who's in the family, who's doing the majority of the family stuff just does the family stuff. And rarely do the two meet. And actually sometimes it'd be interesting to, you know, there's got to be that crossover. Otherwise you just don't get any kind of level of understanding whatsoever. There is some cool math here. Yeah. The, the, one of our real good friends, Trisha Harp, did a huge study on entrepreneurial marriages. And one of the things she found is that the, if you share family goals and uh, business goals with your spouse, that there is a 27% increase in happiness and joy. Uh-huh. And if you don't, there is a 15% increase in your chance for divorce. Wow. So the very, if, if you leave this doing nothing else, sit down and have a conversation about what 2020 might look like with your spouse. And even if you do it clumsily and bad and you guys yell at each other, <laughs> it is okay. And it, it. If, you, if you don't, the conflict and the toxicity that can arise around these unresolved topics can not only be destructive to your relationships, they can actually have a very negative effect on your business as well. And so there's a lot of research also behind the fact that having a really good relationship in which you were able to share your business stresses and worries with and having that actual partner that you share a life with, not just live with, but share a life with um, can really increase the likelihood of your business being successful. There's, there's nobody listening to this anymore because all I heard was like laptops closing, phones and keys getting picked <laughs> out, car doors slamming and screeching of wheels and like husband and wives just racing home to now go and share their goals. <laughs> I hope that's what's happening. In my head, that's what just happened. That is exactly Well, what we, we yeah. say all the time, listen, our business almost destroyed our marriage and that's not an exaggeration. What we really want to have other people understand is that our marriage almost destroyed our business. Yep. 
because there were not expectations around what it was going to take to really hustle and grind and make it work because I didn't know what it took. I didn't know. So I was resentful. In fact, Adam, do you want to tell the story about the one time that you were in Vegas for a big conference when you were supposed to be prospecting all these people? It's a hard story. It's a hard story for me to even hear now because it's it's not my proudest moment. So spill, spill Adam, come on. <laughs> spill the tea. Hold on, let me you're, get, you're British, so you get the spill let, the tea. Let me, <laughs> let me get my vulnerability shakes out. Okay. Um, so the company at the time was called Palmetto Security Group and we resold IBM security software to Fortune 500s. I had one week of sales every year. It was at a giant conference in Vegas where you are eating breakfast with people at 6 a.m. and you're partying with people to 5 a.m. And it is exhausting. But I, I close all of my business in that one week. Uh, we're day two, maybe day three into this thing. And we have new kids. And uh, Carrie's suffering. Their kids have got, uh, we got one kid who's colicky. We've got ear infections. She's sleep deprived. And we have a huge fight on the phone because I'm sleep deprived uh, uh, and stressed. She's and to sleep- be fair, he had not called us. Nope. I had not spoken to my husband in three days. Yep. So she, uh, the, uh, I'll paraphrase the conversation. Uh, she basically said, you are the worst father who has ever been and. I hope your kids grow up to know that about you. So that's not a nice statement. And and there's a lot of forgiveness and grace that's required if you're going to grow from these places of pain. But that wrecked me. That absolutely wrecked me. And for the rest of the week, I was not on my game. The conflict in my family shows up on my P&L and balance sheet. And it is simple math. It is absolutely the, 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 there's no big complex thing here. Conflict at home affects the business. Conflict at business affects the home. And if you ignore that, that there is a symbiosis, if there's a relationship between these two things, then you're fooling yourself and you're causing problems without even knowing. Yeah. It's just a simple, I always say to people like you should never make decisions based on your current set of circumstances. Because if those, normally those current set of circumstances, if they're negative, you're going to start to make bad decisions. As simple little things like the words that come out of your mouth, it can have a massive knock on impact, positive or negative. doesn't matter. So I, I get it. Like I'm I'm a firm believer in that. You can go as like well, woo woo as you like, like, but it it, it happens. It's you know, and it happens the world over. Cool. Yeah. So listen, we're going to wrap things up shortly. Okay. Um, so how do you help people? What what work do you do with people? So the the, the thing that we bring to people is, is the methodology we develop from. Uh, the, the the suffering and pain we went through and, and our recovery process and getting back to where we are, this delightful, charming, engaging couple you see in front of you now. Uh, and the way we do that is we invite folks into a community where we love on them and we get them uh, the methodology uh, through online tools. Um, we also do um, some coaching, but honestly, what we've discovered is that it's much better to work with existing coaches and enable them with our methodology because it is very difficult to get entrepreneurs to talk about their relationships. It's very difficult to get them there. And honestly, until they're already working with somebody they trust, they typically are not ready for this. So that is, that's basically how we help is we deliver the methodology. We love on folks as much as we can. And um, I want to do really high end uh, retreats, but we're not there yet. Uh, I, uh, this is a fantastic excuse to go on vacations with my wife and hang out with interesting people, but we're, that's 2021. 
<laughs> well, you've got some cool stuff coming up because you're you're launching a new community soon, aren't you? So I'm guessing that um, just just give it a, a little bit of an insight about what you've got planned for that. Sure. Yeah, we have we have had an opportunities to work with several business organizations, and they have been really great in helping us develop some some really key things that we feel like people can can get from this community and by being able to feed into it from multiple avenues from those groups and also from from the general public of entrepreneurs out there who've, who've been kind of ingesting our stuff we are able to have this opportunity to have them see how it is possible to have a life to to build a life that gives you success across all areas of your life. So we do that through our mm-hmm. Facebook page. We do that through um, some of our own live stuff, through some group coaching that we will be doing, and again through our own our online tools, which these members would have access to. Yeah, that's it's an awful lot of education, but the, the reason why we have to do this. Because I don't know that we, uh, I, I want to do this. I think it's great, but we also have to do it because there are so many organizations out there supporting CEOs. There is a silent partner in all of these, which is the spouse. And we want, that's the whole purpose of this community. It is one of the few places that is friendly for the entrepreneur and the spouse to come. And both of them are treated as equals, not let's feed the entrepreneur, give their business advice. Nope, nope. We treat them both as board of directors for Family Inc. And we invite them to come in and uh, enrich their lives with each other, not separate. Oh, I love it. I'm a big fan. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you for being so honest as well during the um, the interview. I, I really appreciate it and respect and love what you're doing. So uh, for anybody who's listening, so you can go and check out the Facebook page, uh, search for Whole Life Entrepreneurship. The um, short tag for it is WLE Mission. How else, um, Adam and Kerry, can people get hold of you? Uh, they can always email us. Hello at WLEmission.com. Yep. Or head to our, our website, which is also wlemission.com. And uh, you're welcome for not making you type in entrepreneurship for a URL. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's lucky that we've got autocorrect. But what I'll do is I will drop um, your website, your Facebook uh, page and the group, a link to the group into the um, into the show notes and into the notes in, in the, uh, the live stream afterwards as well. Um, and also I know that um, uh, you've got a small benefit as well. So anybody who's listening to this when you do launch your new community uh, you've got a special offer for um, any of the fearless business um, listeners as well haven't you that's absolutely right so just for uh, being brave enough to stick with us all the way to the end of this and, and endure the the stories and, and, and get the encouragement we'd love to give you a a a, a bonus when you sign up where we're going to discount the the actual cost because we, we desperately want folks who are interested in this kind of experience uh, to be in. And uh, we just really say thank you for, for listening to this. 
Awesome. Well, we'll get that. We'll drop a note um, about that in the show notes as well. But um, listen, both of you, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm sure that um, there are people, like I said, in their cars, racing home to their spouses <laughs> right now, uh, not even listening to this anymore. And I think um, even if we've um, helped one person make a difference uh, in terms of their whole uh, life entrepreneurship journey as a family, um, then I think mission accomplished. So thank you both ever so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. Bye.